This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club. Because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Put industry leading, difference making, and tomorrow shaping on your to-do list. Explore Deloitte technology careers at deloitte.com slash tech careers and engineer your future at Deloitte. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save over $700 on average, and those savings add up. Imagine what you could buy in the future. Hey, remember how 20 years ago I switched to Progressive? Well, now it's the future, and I used all those savings to buy this new hologram phone. Because, you know, it's the future, and everything is holograms now. So switch to Progressive and save big because those savings can add up in the future. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National annual average insurance savings by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive in 2020. Potential savings will vary. Welcome again to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman, and joining me right now is Max Cohen and Yas Janais. This is our post-match show of the appalling 3-0 loss for Fulham against Barnsley on Saturday at Craven Cottage. This was horrible, guys, and we're going to go through it. But before we really give our opinions on it, I want to share the thoughts of Scott Parker, what he said after this match in the head coach presser, as basically a way to start the show because I find these comments interesting and I think it'll really just strike up the conversation with us. So let's start here. Scott Parker after the match really was apologizing. So this part really talks about apologizing, which I find interesting because I I want Scott Parker, I've wanted this for a long time to take responsibility. So I'll ask you guys, is he taking responsibility? for this 3-0 loss. So this is what Scott Parker shared after the match, this part. Quote, big shock. I didn't anticipate or see this one coming. I hold no excuses. We were beaten by a better side today, a side who had more intensity about them. We were second best at times, and we didn't deserve anything out of the game. I am shocked. I'm bitterly disappointed. I'm gutted. I didn't see it coming. The fans have come here. They didn't see it coming, and I can only apologize for this performance today because it wasn't what we've come to expect, but sometimes these things happen, unquote. Okay, Max, I'm going to go to you first. Certainly feel free to share your thoughts on this disgusting loss from Fulham, but what are your thoughts about what Scott Parker shared after this match? I've wanted him to come out and basically apologize. He does it here. What are your thoughts? that's all you can ask for, right? But I disagree. He says sometimes these things happen. You know what, Scotty? Sorry. This doesn't usually happen. A third-place team in the league losing 3-0 to the bottom club when you're chasing automatic promotion. That doesn't happen very often to the club I know. You know, that's that's not something you, should, you can just write off. Um, I, I'm glad he apologized, Russ, but I see a bigger issue here. And I'm going to ask you guys a question, and it's not going to be an easy answer. Sure. When was the last time Fulham played well? over a 90-minute spell in one match. And I'm, I'm saying, listen, you have to go back a long time. 
we were on a very good run of form, you know, six match unbeaten run. But the results mask the actual performances. We've not played good football. And it's not just about possession or playing the nice way. I can really care less about that. It's about actually dominating a match and putting together goals and winning comfortably. And we haven't done that in months. I think we've been lucky. I think we've been very lucky the past couple of months. And it all came to a four on Saturday. And it showed that in many ways you're an average squad who's been fortunate. I can't really pick out a match where he played 90 minutes well. Maybe the Borough match around a month ago. But I'm looking at the results, guys. We scraped out a win at Ewood Park. Threw away a 3-0 lead almost against Huddersfield. Poor match against Charlton. Barely won at Hull. You know, lost to Reading. Barely beat Stoke. Drew one of the bottom clubs, Luton, away from home, 3-3. Good performance against Leeds. That's, 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 I think, is one of the best performances of the months. But you go back and you see a loss against Brentford, loss against Preston, loss against Bristol. You know, Derby County, 3-0 win late November. That's probably the last complete match we played through 90 minutes. And that's saying a lot. You know, this team has played a lot of matches, and, and we've won a bunch of them, but we've not been convincing. And I think the Barnsley match, I think everyone went wrong. But I want to look beyond just that 90 minutes and say, over the past couple of months, where we've seen ourselves go up the table, have we deserved it? Or have we yes, just been scraping I out wins? I disagree here, Mac. We do. And I know fans are going to disagree with what I have to say. And I'm glad that you brought up this topic, and then I'll go to Giannis, because I'm going to just share my view on this, because you brought this up. And this is where we disagree. Three points are three points. I don't care how convincing it was. I don't care how pleasing it is on the eyes. It's still three points. I don't agree with marginalizing a victory. And that's what you're basically asking me here. Well, it wasn't convincing. Well, it doesn't matter. It's still three points, Max. Bottom line, yeah. it's still three points. Well, I hear you, and that's fair. But and then how else to explain losing 3-0 to Barnsley at home? All those players who scraped out those wins didn't just turn terrible in the 90 minutes. No, they the argument is we've been essentially getting by by the skin of our teeth, and it caught up to us. You know, We haven't been winning convincingly. We've not been. And then it shows up when we actually have a tough match, and we just collapsed because we weren't really playing that differently. Um, but a team is better than us on the day, sets up with a good game plan, and, and embarrasses us. I don't think the players just turn terrible. I, I can't, you can't treat that Barnsley match as a one-off. For me, this is kind of a culmination of many weeks of just not really being good enough. Okay. Very interesting point there. And uh, Emilio made the same thing, that he could see this coming. And uh, honestly, I am treating it as a one-off. And again, I'll say this. Fans might completely disagree with me. But I cannot look at what has happened before with the victories and just say, oh, that's by accident. It hasn't been by accident, Max. I'm sorry. I can't, I can't do that. I don't care how convincing or how the football looks, it's still three points. Grinding victories, to me, actually shows me something. So, again, when we're looking at this, I can look at it as one match and say they were beaten by the better side on the day. And I'm asking you guys a question in a little bit because I want to talk about who's more responsible for this loss. Is it Scott Parker or is it the players not showing up? And we'll, I, I want to wait a little bit to get to that after we talk about all this. And listen, I respect you, Max. I just actually disagree with you on this point. Giannis, I want to go to you. I want to get your thoughts. Please feel free to jump in on this. And also what Scott Parker shared. What's your view on how Fulham have been winning lately? And was this 3-0 loss coming? I, I see. I don't see it as coming. I just see it as a terrible performance. The players did not show up. I put a lot of blame on the players. Obviously, you know, again, part of the blame does go to Scott Parker. But for me, this deals with not showing up, not being as intense as your opponent, and the opponent wanting it more. That's what how I took out of it. What is your response to this? Well, it, if we if we played a lot of games where our performances have, you know, our fans consider the performances have been good, and we were we had twenty eight points, would Scott Parker be in a job? The answer is no. You know, the table at the end of the day, it's it's a results oriented business, and the table doesn't lie. Right, we're, it doesn't. We're, we're third. We've got fifty six points. We're three points, three points off of an automatic um, promotion spot. I don't think. Um, 
you know, I mean, I think we were poor on, on Saturday. We were up against a Barnsley side that um, <clears throat> adapted to the conditions quicker. I thought worked harder and a better shape. And, you know, I, it, it's mixed emotions for me because I, as you know, Russ, going way, way back, I was a big Collie Woodruff fan. Right. And um, he showed up. Always, always liked him. Always liked him. Always thought he was a good player. Always thought there was something about him. And and I, in, a, in a way, I'm very happy that he scored a couple because he's and and I love the way he reacted to the goals. He didn't look to show the fans up. And he's obviously done a lot of growing up. He's a, he's had a very good season for Barcelona. Um, but at the end of the day, when you look at um, the reaction of Joe Bryan, I think Joe Bryan on his Instagram account um, referred to the performance as shite. Um, Kevin McDonald uh, put out a statement that said he was very, very disappointed and he apologised to the fans. And Scotty Parker, the person he is, he you know, turns around to the fans and he says, look, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, this was, this was unacceptable. And that's all we can ask. You know, it doesn't matter how you, you get the results, you get the results. You know, you can't have it both ways. And right. um, this is a kooky division. Um, this is a division where we're not the only team that have been, you know, buggered from by teams at the bottom. You know, all of us seem to have been. How about Leeds United recently? Exactly, exactly. And, um, you know, um, West Brom were in a wretched run of form, you know, taking seven, seven out of the last nine. But teams even around us have had a little bit of running, a little bit of a pickle. And um, in terms of responsibility for Saturday, um, I liked the lineup. I mean, the only thing you could say, I mean, you could say, well, Sesson, you're on a right back, should Adoy be there? Maybe he's given Adoy a rest, I get that. Right. But I don't, there's a few complaints with the lineup. And at the end of the day, when that whistle blows, you have to do your job. And we didn't do our job. And nope. um, it's one of those games, Russ, where as a coach, He'll have had a few F words to say at half time, I'm sure. <laughs> but at the end of the game, I fancy he did what I'd have done, which was they came back in the change rooms, they went and took a shower, they went and got their sandwiches upstairs in the cottage, and he probably didn't say a word because he didn't need to say anything. It's these are still professionals. They know they've let the fans down, they know they've let the gaffer down, they know they've let themselves down. It's an unacceptable performance. And um, when the next thing, I think it's tomorrow or today, would have been practice, um, he'd have gone through, you know, the machinations of what went wrong. And um, it's a just, an, you know, it's a, it's a reminder of the players that you don't show up at home and think you're going to win. And um, the players will learn from this. I'm expecting a reaction. I'm a little bored with, um, I'm, in fact, I'm becoming really bored with the, you know the fans who are having a moan and groan, saying, "You know, get get Scotty out." I mean, really? I mean, it, it's the middle of February. Who the hell are you going to get in? And why would you do that? Great coaches become great through experience. He's a young coach, and he, you know, he's going through this. He, they're third in the table, and I don't want to hear about talented squads and all this stuff. No, 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 no. We've already seen this year, guys, that this division is weird. And any yep. dog on any day can bite somebody's leg. So I think it's done. It's dusted. We've got Derby County on Friday night. We've got a good record on Friday night, funnily enough. And um, I'm expecting good things and uh, and a reaction. And uh, I do think it's one of those. I, I, it was very poor. It was Oh, it's horrible. It was terrible. And I'm not going to hide from it. But everybody knows it. And, um, you know, you're only as good as your last game. And, That's uh, right. You go in fresh pair of thingies. You, you might make a couple of changes. Maybe you won't. And uh, right. he, I don't think he'll panic. And you, you know, and, and I know we're going to talk about Rodak. Yep. You know, and but, um, but anyway, that's my sense. I know a lot of fans are going to be in disagreement with me on that, but uh, so there. Yeah, and I have a feeling they're going to be in disagreement with me. One thing I, I will say that I agree with Emilio that this can be a wake-up call. I completely agree with that. He did a good job with Craig on full-time talking about this. And they were, again, I thought they did an excellent job talking about this match. So, I, listen, I understand everyone feeling the way that they feel. Everyone has an opinion, but so do I. I have an opinion as well. So I just want to share that with you guys. And, uh, Max, I want to go back to you because I think this is something that we're going to agree with because I don't personally want an excuse to be the weather, okay? And Scott Parker talks about this 
in the presser. So I'm going to share this with you. I, I have a strong feeling you and I will agree with Scott Parker on this. This is what he talked about in regards to the bad conditions that they had. Okay, so just keep this in mind. There's excuses that can be put in place, but those excuses also apply to Barnsley. The conditions, the wind, a three-game week. Barnsley had exactly the same, and they came here today with a real intent about them, unquote. Okay, so no excuses. And in fact, he even talked about how many matches they played. So he took it even farther than just talking about the weather. I think you can agree with me on this. I don't want to hear about the excuses. They played terrible. No excuses. Just apologize and let's move on. Certainly. Um, it's, it's, it's so frustrating because it's, it's, it's the worst team in the league, right? You, you can say what you want with the league table. They're, they're 24th in the league. We should never be losing to a team that's last in the league. We've lost to them it's twice. A, and it's disgusting because we actually have a habit of this, you know? Look at the bottom teams. We drew Luton. We've drawn Charlton twice. Um, we can't seem to win the matches that should be won at the bottom of the table. And then from positions, essentially, from 18 to, to 9, we've beaten almost every single team in that stretch. And then we can't seem to beat any teams in the playoff spaces except Leeds. So it's an odd position where we lose against the top and bottom teams and win against everybody else. That, that's what worries me for the playoffs also, Ross. Okay. That we re- we've not shown a good record against teams around us. But, yeah, weather wasn't an issue. If we're going to be honest, um, we might talk about this later, but I want to bring this up now. Rodak sure. turned in one of the worst individual performances I've seen all season from, from a Fulham player. And I tweeted it out. And I said, listen, as good as, as he's been recently, Take nothing away from his past performances. He's probably won us many points over the past couple months, right? On Saturday, that was that was disgusting. I mean, every sure. single goal was his fault. And I'm going to make a bold claim. Almost entirely his fault alone. Which is interesting, because we didn't play well at all. It wasn't just Redak who played poorly. But they didn't score except for when he made big errors. First goal, terrible decision to just drag down the, uh, the player in the box. That was egregious. What a terrible decision. Second goal... Uh, gave me flashbacks to him against Burrow, but also flashbacks to Fabry against Palace in the first game of the Premier League season. Right. Again, just baffling decision-making to rush out of the box. I mean, you can't justify that in a million years. Cannot. And the third goal, people love to get on Benelli about his distribution. One of the worst goal ki- uh, sorry punts I've ever seen. Right to the opposition. And then to let Woodrow score from that angle is also laughable. So every single goal, I'm going to say each of them were entirely Rodak's fault. Okay. Good keeper. Terrible game. Had a terrible game. And he has to answer for that. He really does. Um, but, again, all the goals were off his in- individual errors. Sure. And they could have had more, for sure. But he's directly at fault for each goal we conceded. Okay. And that needs to be said. It needs to be said. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. Let's move on. And back over to you, Giannis, because, again, Scott Parker talks about Fulham basically being flat. So I'm just going to share this with you. This is what he said. After the match, okay? Quote, I don't think there was a complacency. We've had a two-day turnaround, and for those two days, that's been the main objective and focus for us. The sense for me and the staff speaking about a team coming here who are bottom of the league and struggling. One thing they were going to bring was energy and a real intensity. For some reason, we were a little bit flat today. When you're in sport and you're dealing with human beings, sometimes that can happen. Unquote. Okay, Giannis, what are your thoughts about him talking about the players being flat? Well, well he's right. I mean, you know, it, it's very rare that you see a collective unit that, that's as flat as that. And, and, you know, I mean, Rodak had a mayor, and I think we can all agree on that. But, um, you know, I don't, want, I don't want Rodak's poor day to take away from some of the, 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 the feeble stuff that we did see. You know, I think that, I think that you've got a re- you have to also have the, you know, have the courage to level criticism of players that you don't normally have level at. I'm going to give a point, a couple of points. Tom Kearney. Tom Kearney being substituted, I thought was brilliant. Brilliant masterstroke because Kearney was awful. And I thought it was a statement of intent. I'm not happy with you as Mike, the way you're playing as a leader on the field. It's not working. I thought K-Mac was unlucky to be substituted. I think he was just a sacrifice. But he decided, you know, bring Arthur on. Let's start bringing some horses on and see what we do. Number two, can anybody, can any, and I have not seen this in one, one social media 
posting since Saturday. Can anybody tell me what Alex Mitrovic was doing on Saturday? What on earth was he doing out there? Because but for the life of, it was, it was honestly at times like looking at a very slow Mario Balotelli. The effort wasn't there. It wasn't there. You can, we can level the criticism of the way we defended. You know, the penalty was a disaster. The second yep. one, um, Max is right. He came dancing out of his box. He did. You know, a la, you know, a la middles, but absolutely. But there were certain players that just, there was, it was brain, brain cramp. Mitro, no effort. Onoma, love his effort. I love his effort, but doesn't look convincing in terms of where he wants to go now. At least he didn't on Saturday. Kearney was miserably poor. Miserably poor. Hector got man of the match on Wednesday night, and he should never have got it. Because the number of balls he was spraying all over the place, the times he went to a, a blue shirt, and for some reason, he was man of the match. Yet if anybody could suggest Joe Bryan for his 50 runs down the left and setting up the goal for Mitro, people get laughed at. I think sometimes fans have got to be willing to really, if they're going to criticize, you've got to be consistent. Don't blame the ref. You don't call a ref a bad one. If he's consistent, if he's inconsistent, fine. Rodak was miserable Saturday, but I yep. thought Mitrovic was just as awful. And there were players out there, frankly, the best, our best player on Saturday was Boo Boo. Boo Boo came on and he put in a shift in limited time. The players, complacent, I don't know, but they will know that they, 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 their approach to the game and the commitment during the 90 minutes was unprofessional. That's the best way to put it. They didn't play like professionals. And that is why it would have been a very a long night, Saturday night for Marek Rodak. I get that. But every single member of that starting lineup and the bench, except Boo Boo, need to look in the mirror or needed to look in the mirror Saturday night. Did we give it everything we had? Was that commitment of a professional level? And the answer to that is no. And, it, and when they do that, you're throwing your coach under the bus. You're throwing okay. the coach under the bus. And that's why he was so apologetic. Because he had to admit, it was unacceptable. He's gutted. I don't know what happened. It, how is he supposed to react? So, you know, um, it's disappointing. I don't, you know, I'm, I, there are many people listening now that would, you know, test, testify to when we were in the bottom division and some of the players we had. But even then, they tr as miserable and as crap as they were, they put a shift in. And there were a lot of players on Saturday, frankly, that didn't. And, uh, and I think that was sadder than anything. So those people expecting, eh, let's change park, or get him in, get someone in else. Yeah, you don't think the same players would do that thing again. So okay. difficult, difficult, it, it's a difficult game to assess, I think, for us, because it, it's, it forces you. I've seen the game twice now. Yep. And I, I, I was fuming at it a number of the players because to me they didn't put the effort in and to me it was unprofessional and that is something I can deal with losing I could even deal with losing to Barnsley because Barnsley played well against us not once but twice now twice so we're going to give credit where it's due yep. right Ch it uh, Max mentioned Max mentioned, mentioned Charlton but Charlton haven't lost to a top 16 this year so they're not they're not mucks on any given day anyone can take anyone but what I cannot put up with is players that put on the, the white shirt and don't give it 100%. And I saw evidence on that on Saturday, and that's, that's not acceptable. Okay, excellent. And I agree with that, Giannis, and that's why I wanted to bring this to the table. And I thought it, the good way would be to talk about what Scott Parker shared because we're talking about effort, and that's why I wanted to also talk about the conditions. I don't care about the conditions. It, it's the same for both teams. Everything is the same. One team showed up. One team didn't. Why was that? Who's to blame? And uh, I'll ask you that question in just a second overall. But, Max, over to you because, again, I'm curious your view on this because we, we're also going to talk about Scott Parker and the players. But just in general, talking about being flat the way that Scott Parker was talking about it and what Jans just shared, I think at some point we have to look at the players and say, why aren't you giving the effort – that we expect. He talked about Kearney. He talked about Mitrovic. Mitrovic is an extremely important player, but he should be called out when he's not giving 100%. And like Giannis just shared, maybe just Kamara is the only one that you could say, okay, he's the exception to the rule. We're discussing an exception to a rule 
against a team that is at the bottom of the league, like like we've been talking about, why can't you give the same effort that Barnsley did? Because that's all we expect as fans. Just give me an effort, that intensity that we expect. And if you lose, you lose. But I'm sorry, they did not do that against Barnsley. Your thoughts? Agreed. I think Giannis made excellent points. Mitrovich, terrible. Kenny, terrible. Alad Knockart, terrible. I'd say Bonnie yeah. Reed, terrible yeah. finishing. Blame is, is going around. And I'm very glad about that because I don't want to make it seem like I'm only blaming Rodak. Rodak right. was certainly at fault for the goals, but the blame is shared throughout the entire oh, 11. Absolutely. And there's no effort. You're right. That was disappointing. But, Ross, to be honest, what was the game plan? What is the manager saying to these players? I did not see a coherent system out there. I actually saw a lot of long balls, which was surprising. I saw, you know, but like players who looked like they didn't know their roles. You know, when Kamara runs on with a piece of paper and he's showing it, to, it was just seemed a little unprofessional. It seemed it was slapped together at the last minute. It was all very, you know, it was all just very not planned out. And the worrying thing is, we would have known what a team like Barnes is going to come to the cottage and do to us. Not going to let us play, try to disrupt us, hit us on the counterattack, long balls. I said the same thing actually when we were playing Charlton. It's not like a Guardiola Klopp masterclass, you know. It's it's not. No, hard this is to like predict. when we played Hull. If you want exactly. to get back to it, great great point. We also lost, we also lost three at home. We should have seen this coming. And to be fair, that's on the managers. That's on the manager. You set your team out. But you also have to expect what the other team does. And when I looked at the eleven players, yes, the players themselves individually, the efforts on them, but the game plan, the tactics, the strategy. I could not tell for the life of me what our strategy was on the weekend. Okay. Giannis, your thoughts on what Max just brought to the table, talking about the strategy for Fulham against this match. So, again, that's going to lead us to talk about who is more to blame for this. Is it Parker and his coaching staff or the players? But before I ask both of you that question, because I want to get your answer on that, thoughts on what Max just brought to the table, talking about he just didn't see a strategy against Barnsley. Well, I, I knew we were in trouble the first 15 minutes, Russ, because our first touch was appalling. Um, we looked really nervous in zones one and two. We didn't seem to have any sort of ability to use the fullbacks early. Um, Kenny's mobility, I thought, in the first 10, 15 minutes was limited. We were spraying balls all over the place. And it, and it got me really concerned because whatever strategy and whatever formation and whatever game plan you got as a manager, you're, you've got to rely on your players to stick to basics. We are a passing side. You know, from time to time, we're going to spray the old balls, you know, left, right, and center. But we are a passing team. And our basics on Saturday were just appalling. Our first touch wasn't good enough. Our movement off the ball wasn't good enough. The pitch was the same for both teams. That's the right. conditions were the same for both teams. But we didn't do the basics right. We looked like a bottom-of-the-table team because we couldn't get our first touch right. And it was it was just it was it was it was daft to watch. And if you've set up you've had the game on, on, on Wednesday night and you've had the walkthrough on Friday and you know you know Barnsley just come off a really disappointing loss to Birmingham City up at Oakwell, you know they're gonna be, you know, frothing at the mouth at that. And you're saying play your game, keep it simple, they're gonna try and defend, conditions aren't gonna be great, just be patient. We'll wear them down second half and we'll create chances and we'll put them away. But for that to work, you've got to have your basics. And your first touch is, the first touch is everything. And our first touch on Saturday was shambolic to a man. And from that point on, we couldn't, we couldn't dictate any pattern of play. There were very, very few combinations, very few overloads, very few um, diagonal runs. Uh, you know, it was, it just, it was sloppy, 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 sloppy from one to 11. And that is, is, that is how we could have gone out and played Accrington bloody Stanley, and it wouldn't have mattered. We'd still have lost. Unless you get the basics right, you cannot beat anyone. And that's what it was. To a man, we couldn't get the basics right. So as a coach, and I've been through this, where you get a team prepped, and the whistle goes, and you're going, is this my team? This can't be my team. This isn't, I don't recognize any of these players. It has happened to me, and it's a horrible feeling because you're helpless. Yeah. And then he got, and then Scotty got criticised in the second half 
because he was. It looked like at times he was playing a three-one-six. Because yeah. he's gone, well, bloody hell, nothing else is working. I might as well try something else because these players are, do, are doing nothing. The fans were getting etsy-ketsy about it. Um, you know, they were getting upset about it. And you know what it was like on social media. But, uh, but back to the basics. We didn't get the basics right early. And they did. And they deserved to win. They deserved the three. And, and good luck to them the rest of the way. They outfought us. They outhustled us. And they, and they got the three points. It's... it's this is professional football, Russ. You don't show up thinking that you're just going to walk it. I don't think Scotty Parker took him lightly, but I think the, the players showed up thinking they were going to the bar, and they got their asses kicked. Yep. And if they're embarrassed about it, then good. Let's hope that this could be a turning point for them, that they were embarrassed, they've learned something, and that it just takes off from here because you can actually get a lot from being embarrassed. They were embarrassed, but they, again, for me, didn't give the effort. So that to me, they need to look themselves in the mirror and decide what they want to do as a team because they just, for whatever reason, did not show up. So that's going to lead me to ask both of you this question. Max, over to you first. Who do you blame more for this loss? Again, you lose as a team, so everyone is responsible. This was a shambolic loss. Do you put more of the blame on Parker and his coaching staff or on the players? For me, it has to be players. I think Parker deserves blame, but the majority is on the players. As we've talked about, you know, we've gone through every single way. They didn't show up, and they actually weren't focused, weren't on top of it. The first touch, right, Giannis was poor. Yep. The intensity wasn't there. And the individual errors were just rife. So, for me, it has to be players. Okay. Giannis, players or Parker and his coaching staff? 100% the players, 100% the players, no one else, players. They're the ones that went ac- across the white lines. I'm sick of hearing, you know, people, have got, people are, are stupid as hell. They forget, they forget Felix. They forget Laurie Sanchez. They forget Alan Dix. Remember those days, Dix out. They forget Mullenstein. Y'all did a great job until, even Slava. Slava couldn't win a game. We all loved Slava. You know, and then we went to the Premier League and we got absolutely whooped. It was like playing cricket. The players have to do the job. The players have to do the job. The players did not do the job. They have to look in the bloody mirror. They should have a players-only meeting and throw bricks at each other's heads. <laughs> they, sold, they sold their coaching staff down the river. They threw them under the bloody bus. He's a young coach. And all you can expect as a coach or as a fan is you put in a shift. That's right. Like every one of those fans that goes up and down the country on the buses and trains or goes to the cottage and buys the bloody jerseys and buys the tracksuits and, and goes out in the rain to cheer their boys on. You want a shift. The players did not put in a, a shift. Not a bloody awful. So 100% the players. And you know what? It's funny because I was jotting down a lineup for the Derby game on Friday about players that I would drop for Friday. Because there's 13 games to go, and I don't yep. think it's a bad thing to send a clear message. And the number one person on my list is Mitro. Wow. I'd sit him. I'd sit him, and I'd sit Kearney. I'd bring a doy back in. I'd even be tempted to play Christie on the wing. Right? Knockout, I'm going to give him a bit of slap because he just came back from injury. But send a message that if we're going to get promoted, our best players have to be our best players. And they do that by demonstrating effort. I've seen – I have seen – Diesel one-cylinder vehicles move quicker than Mitra on Saturday. I know oh, he scored 21 goals, but you, yeah, go I ahead. was watching last week, Russ, I was watching. Guys, I was watching AC Milan against Inter Milan. And I was watching Zlatan Ibrahimovic. This guy is 38 years of age. 30 freaking eight. And if you watch his movement of the ball, he would bring every single striker in this division to shame. He never, ever stops working and moving off the space. Moving space. Constantly wants the ball. That is what we want from our players. Week in, week out. Now, if you can get it from a 38-year-old, why shouldn't you get it from a 24-year-old? And that's I my agree. Point. And listen. So, go ahead. 
Yeah, and I was going to say, I mean, I don't think, I don't think Russell, I don't think, um, I don't think Scotty will do that. But I bet you on Saturday night, as he was driving home, and and I remember an interview, um, and you know, I was a humongous Brian Clough fan. Yeah. Um, Cloughy used to say, you know, managing is a very, very lonely job. It's a very lonely job because um, at the end of the day, when everybody's going home, you're usually the last to leave. And the weekend would have been very lonely for him as a young coach, where he's he's second guessing himself. The least he should expect is his players to put in shift. That's what he, and that's what he's going to be asking himself. And I feel bad for him. I think he's going to be an outstanding coach. I think the people looking for his head need to go somewhere else. Go go somewhere else. If you criticize the players, shit on them. But don't shit on the manager. Don't do it. The players, yes, they deserve a lot of stick. And that's why credit to Brian and K-Mac for coming out in the media and saying, Absolutely. Yeah, that was great. You know they took it. I didn't see any, I, I don't think I saw many other people, players doing that. And I think that's, we'll see Friday night. There'll be a reaction for sure. But um, oh, the, the players for sure I would blame, 100%. Okay, and I agree with that, and it's funny because, again, Scott Parker wasn't my choice to be full manager. It wasn't, but I also acknowledge that a new manager still needs time to grow, learn his craft, and the only way he's going to do that is by having time to learn what works and what doesn't work, and that yep. just comes through experience, and he's going to make mistakes just like players are going to make mistakes. and he needs time to figure it out and learn from it. And I think he has over the course of the season. People don't like his style of play. I keep hearing about the fact that we don't play good football. I think it's time everyone just accept that the Slavisa football is dead. We're not going to see it with Scott Parker. Just accept it. And I think that's a big part of the problem is that fans want to be entertained. And I understand that. But I want the three points more than I want to be entertained. And I actually had a a supporter disagree with me on that. No, I want to be entertained. I said, well, that's great. I would rather win. That's just where I'm going on that. Okay, guys, let's move on. And coming up, we're going to talk about the starting 11, the 18 overall. Unfortunately, we're going to talk about the match. And we'll end with looking at the stats and what the stats tell us. Okay, Mr. Cohen, over to you. Let's talk about the starting 11 and the 18 overall briefly, just your thoughts, because when I saw it, I, I thought, okay, this is the team I want to see out there. Do you agree with that or do you disagree? Honestly, as good as he's been recently as well, I wouldn't have played Ken McDonald. Okay. I think he's too slow for a match like this. I think he was showed up actually. Um, yeah. Just can't Like we saw in the first game of the season against Barnsley, some matches in this division just pass him by. And this is one of them. Apart from that, though, lineup was, was fine. I probably would have played Deckard over Reed. And I think, you know, um, Johansson might have been a good match for him. We didn't see him at all. But apart from that, the lineup was, was not a huge issue for me. Okay. Giannis? I like the, line, I liked the lineup. I mean, the, the only the – only, so this question mark was Stephen Sess. I think I, I actually think that was you know give a give a doy a, a bit of a rest because he's played an awful lot. I'd have a problem with that. I mean, it was a lineup that I looked at and thought, okay, this should be good enough to beat them. I looked at their lineup. I don't necessarily, I don't actually think they're the worst team in the division to be honest. But um, I it did intrigue me, Corley Woodrow coming back um, because you know he had a point to prove, and he did. Oh, he totally did. But, but um, you know, considering the resources that uh, Gerhard Struber's had up at Oakwell, um, he's, he will take heart from the fact that if they can fight like this the rest of the season, they may just have a chance of staying up, and I hope they do. Because we we all got annoyed with the first game of the season when we lost up up in, in Yorkshire, but they've done the double on us, and we've not scored on them this year. So that's got to, that's got to speak for something, so... Um, credit to them, but I mean the, the lineup was fine. The bench looked decent. So, although um, the only thing was, I thought Naiskin's Cabana was very unlucky to be left out of the 18. I thought he was excellent when he came off the, the bench um, at the Den, and uh, he, he could have scored the winner late with that uh, crossbar header. Okay, excellent. All right, Max, let's break down this match. I'll go to you first before we talk about the penalty and the goal from Collie Woodrow. I'll talk about that. There was an opportunity 
in the 18th minute from Chapman. And what's interesting about what leads up to the goal from Barnsley is that um, they were just on top of it. You know, and again, whenever Fulham had the ball, they were extremely aggressive. I was just thinking, well, we just need to wear this team out. We just have to see them out. We can't be making silly errors and mistakes to give them a, a life. And that's exactly what happened here. So let's talk about the penalty in the 24th minute. Is it a penalty? And also thoughts on Collie Woodrow's scoring. Um, yeah, I mean, there's no doubt the penalty. But it actually starts with Knockart on the right wing. That's right. Three to take men on four him. men. Yeah, I mean, what, yes. what are you doing? Again, terrible. terrible. Knockart at his starts very from, worst. Like we're talking about, Max, it starts from a mistake. Uh, and then it just one mistake led to another. It's a very simple ball over the top, I think. Center backs didn't look good. Hector and Reem looked actually very slow and very stationary in this entire match. They're getting torn to th- uh, uh, you know, shreds by Chaplin, Brown, Woodrow. That front three, we couldn't deal with any of them. And Rodak just you know, bear hugs them. It was a rugby tackle. One of the most stonewall penalty you'll, you'll ever see. And it was actually, to be fair, like Woodrow, great penalty. Um, yeah. to, to his right, very well taken. And we're down 1-0, and you can't have any complaints because nope. they were much the better side in that first half. They're all over us. That's right. That's right. Absolutely, Max. And that's why I wanted to talk about the play of Barnsley that led up to this because this, again, was a, a good opportunity for them. Like I said, they created it. They crowded Knockhart, and they made their own uh, opportunity here. And that's what's interesting about them, again, their football isn't pretty, but it was effective, and it worked throughout the match. It like I, I keep going back to this Hull City match because that's what it reminded me of. Okay, Giannis, over to you because Fulham did have a few opportunities in, in the first half. You have the shot by Cavalero that goes way over in the thirty-third minute. Then you have a couple of opportunities from Kearney in the thirty-seventh minute and, and the forty-fourth minute. So what I really want to get from you is just to talk about your view of the first half after the goal from Barnsley and the reaction from Fulham. What, what were your thoughts? I actually thought it was abject. We looked, we looked, um, we did create a couple of opportunities. I thought we looked in shock. I was like, okay. how, dare, how, how dare they? How dare they score on us? And then do nothing to, to react. And that's why you heard the boos at half time. Yep. It was, you know, they were fully deserved. We looked, um, you know, if, if, if a neutral showed up at the cottage to see, okay, who's the news bottom? Well, it, it would be us that looked like the bottom team, but um, that wasn't the case. It was, you know, it was um, one nothing, and you're thinking. I think I put something on Twitter, and I said, um, Jamie, to Jamie Reed, and I said, you know what? I think we're gonna. I, th- I think um, Scotty's gonna have a few things to say at half time, and we're gonna we're gonna buck it, buck up the ideas, um, because the conditions of the, the way that the wind the, the wind was working. It looked like we had we actually had the wind in the second half, but that's right. Unfortunately, um, we came out, and if anything, they 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 worked even harder to close us down, and um, and credit to them. And um, uh, you know, it, what followed was a miserable second half where you know the the, the natives were getting restless, and, and quite rightly, and uh, things got from bad to worse. Absolutely, Giannis. And now let's transition and talk about the second half. And listen, Fulham. Had some opportunities early on in the second half. You have the shot by Mitro, and then off of a corner, you have a couple of opportunities from McDonald and then Anoma, but they could not take advantage of these opportunities. And again, I watching this back, I you know, again, I I just have the feeling when 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 you watch this back, you will see, you know, again, just a feeling of that another goal was going to come from Barnsley just because of the way the match was flowing. And, well, you have that in the 51st minute. And, again, Max, over to you because you've already talked about Rodak, and this was a huge mistake. I've been a huge Rodak fan, but this was a massive mistake. I hope he learns from it because um, his mistake really put the match away. In the 51st minute, Brown scores, set up again by Collie Woodrow. Collie Woodrow was everywhere. So he sets this up, but for me, this has more to do with a mistake from Marek Rodak. 100%. Um, it was, yeah, you can't describe it. I'm, you know, it's funny because after the Burrow mistake, a lot of people tried to justify it by saying, you know, well, he got himself sent off, but he prevented the goal and still kept the clean sheet intact. 
I'm just glad people had their senses about him this time and realized this is completely mistaken. There's no way to justify it. Um, yeah, he what 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 is he doing? He, first of all, he's almost outside of his box. Brown, the player who scores, it's not like he's through on goal. I mean, he's like on the right edge of the 18. It wasn't like an immediate goal scoring opportunity. Rodak could have easily stayed in his goal, cut off an angle, and forced a save, you know, but he came out. The shot from Brown wasn't even that strong. It kind of dribbled nope. under his feet. And it, it, was, it, it, was, it was almost comical if it wasn't so sad because it was such a joke of a goal to concede. And right as you mentioned, we started the second half pretty brightly. It seemed yep. as if there was some momentum. And you're right, this put the game away and killed all the goodwill we had coming in at halftime. Absolutely there, Max. And uh, listen, the opportunities from Barnsley didn't stop there. You know, you have an opportunity a little bit later, again from Connor Chapman, who just misses. And as Yanis was talking about, Kamara made an impact. He, he has a shot later on along with Cavallero. And then Bobby Reed has a great chance to score, and unfortunately he doesn't. And that all leads to the match killer. Again, the match is pretty much over at 2-0, but Kali Woodrow just takes care of that and makes it 3-0. And Giannis, I, I know you've always been a fan of Kali Woodrow. Let's talk about his third goal. You know, again, mixed emotions for you. Obviously, Fulham come first. But I know that you've always liked Kali Woodrow. So thoughts on this goal from him? Yeah, it was, it was it was one again. He's um, Rodak's beaten their post. He's yeah. I mean, look on his face. The camera focuses on his face, and you can see just the look of horror. And of course, the defenders are looking at him aghast that he's just let that in. And Call is, you know, quietly celebrated um, because he worked for you know he was one of our academy lads, and he tried. He worked very hard for years to and to make it. And he he looked like a kid who needed to find the net but could never seem to find the net and he was he was the best player in the park on Saturday he was the best player on the park he was absolute class and it was it, I, I'm I'm really delighted for him because he's he sometimes it, you know you're at a club and it's just it's not the fit or managers just don't give you a chance and I think we all have as fans we all have soft spots for players you know that um that play for us um that you know we'll always give a warm reception to mine's calling and he's still a young lad. You know, it'd be nice if one day he came back and played for us. I mean, it, you know, he's obviously still got warm feelings for the club, and quite rightly so. That was a killer. Um, I thought if we'd have scored, you know, sooner, you know, two nothing, get one back, make the last five ten minutes nice and exciting. But it wasn't. It was one of those games where it didn't matter. We could have played till next Christmas, and we weren't going to score. And um, credit to the Barnsley fans as well. I mean, it's quite a fair journey um, from South Yorkshire. They they sang for the 90 minutes, and um, it's a fantastic result for them. And uh, now we're in the position of other teams around us that have been laughed at in the last, you know, four to six weeks because they've been beaten by inferior opposition, you know, not just at home but away. And uh, and this time it happened to us. So if it is the wake-up call that we require, then that's great. There'll be a lot of soul-searching, and I think there'll be a lot of the players who will be chomping at a bit to play um on Friday night, uh, because uh, they'll want a point to prove to their managers and to the fans, and hopefully to themselves. Uh, right. Because, uh, and Rodak will be number one on that list. He will, you know, I expect him to play on Friday. Uh, I'd, I'd be stunned if Betts comes in, um, because I think when, you know, here in North America, as you know, Russ, um, you know, if you talk about hockey, NHL, goalies have bad games, right? That's right. And, um, yeah, and you know, you you still got to go with your best goalkeeper, goaltender, whatever it's going to be. Yep. And he thinks it's Rodak, and so I'm I'm certain Rodak will play on Friday. And um, it's, we're a little unlucky that, you know, um, Terence Mitroglou, oh, sorry, Congola <laughs> got injured. I mean, yep. I, I sort of think of luck there. But, um, you know, um, so, you know, we've had a couple of injuries and what have you, but uh, we'll bounce back on Friday. It's just unfortunate for the Rodak is still a, you know, a young keeper. And many will tell you that keepers don't really mature till their 30s. Look at what Casilla did against um, for Leeds against Brentford last week. I mean, that was an yep. absolute howler. Absolute howler. You know, there's been a lot of fun and games with the goalkeeping in this division. And Rodak has had his, a few of them. And uh, he had them on Saturday, so... 
it's, yeah. it's the way it is. Okay. And we're going to end talking about Merrick Rodak in just a second, leading up to talking about Darby County. And uh, listen, even Mark Schwartzer made his mistakes. Trust me, I saw them. So even the best goalkeeper that I've seen in a foam shirt, that's just me because I only go from, say, 2007 on. He made mistakes too. And sure. they were, and, and, and there were some big ones, okay? I, it, that's the truth. I remember. All right, guys, let's end talking about this match, talking about the full-time stats. Here they are. Possession, 59% to 41% in favor of Fulham. Total shots, 21 to 14 in favor of Fulham. Didn't look like 21. Shots on target, 7 for Fulham, 6 for Barnsley. And if you look at corners, 16 to 3 in favor of Fulham. So they certainly had a lot of corners. Passing accuracy, 68% for Fulham, 69% for Barnsley. Maybe that's an indicator of what happened here. Okay. Mr. Cohen, your thoughts on the full-time stats? I mean, 3-0, you know. That's all you need to hear. Um, but, you know, we actually did have a decent amount of shots, shots on target. Yeah. But we weren't clinical, and we were never really in control of the match, honestly. So, fair play to Barnesville. But it wasn't a – you can't say it was a smash and grab for that. No. That's one thing I think Absolutely is very not. clear from those shots. They had 14 shots, six on target, you know. Yep. They had many opportunities, and they could have had more. So I, I want to give credit to them, honestly. They played okay. a nice, attacking, I agree with you. away-from-home performance. Credit to them. Yep. Absolutely. I'm right there with you, Max. Okay, Giannis, full-time stats. 3 nothing, I suppose. You know, 3 nothing. <laughs> so it's, uh, we, we can't erase it from our memory. It's felt like a pretty long 48 hours, hasn't it? So, yeah, absolutely. And, We're recording and, this Monday afternoon here. In the U.S., and uh, it, it's been long. It absolutely has been long. And uh, I, I had a bad weekend. I think a good part of it had to do with this loss for Fulham. So, yeah, I'm, I'm there with you, my friend. Okay. Certainly, social media has been venomous for sure. Oh, it's been horrible. And that's one of the reasons why we're going to end talking about this subject, okay? And we're going back to talk about Merrick Rodak. And... We just talked about how bad his performance was. It was horrible. And, Max, I'm actually glad that you talked about what happened in Middlesbrough because that goes along with all this. He's made some mistakes. But if you weigh how many big moments this kid has had, it's not even close. It's not even close. He saved Fulham so many times. So, Max, I'll give you first shot at this because I've already seen this on Twitter. Okay, do you take out Merrick Rodak and put in Marcus Bettinelli for Derby County? <laughs> the, the answer is no, um, and I don't think anyone in their right mind can say yes. Uh, Rodak has shown he's a better keeper over the past couple months. I think it would be really just promote instability to put in Bettinelli at, at this stage of the season. But, you know, even for your, your number one keeper, you have to criticize them. Absolutely. And this is worrying. And we're doing this that. Was, and, and let's just be clear guys this is not just oh we made an odd mistake these are three really crucial errors that make me question about Rodak as a, as a long-term viability I'm gonna be honest with you guys I think he's had great stretches this season don't get me wrong I think he's shown big character make saves at the right time but the ability to pull someone down when you just stand up the first penalty that that was a moment of madness his um, tendency to come out of the box when it's clear he'll never get there and there's just no need for it. That's worrying. And then the distribution of kicking the ball right to the other player and letting the ball through the near post, that's also worrying. So not going to make a knee-jerk reaction, not saying drop Merrick Rodak, but you have to ask questions. Those were not minor errors you can just write off. You have to look into that. You really do. Okay. Giannis, over to you on this topic. I'll share mine to end. Do you replace Merrick Rodak? against Derby County with Marcus Benelli? Absolutely not. No chance. No, ch- no chance in hell. He's, um, he's been very, very good. He's, he's saved our bacon many an occasion. He has an off game. Yep, that's fine. But it's not like you can, it's not like you can't blame the rest of the players that put on the shirt and stepped across the white line. So no, he, he starts on Friday. Okay. All right. And I completely agree with you. And uh, I'll just say this strongly. 
I think it's a ridiculous argument, but I've already seen it. So I just wanted to just end the show talking about it. Along with, I'll, I'll just go on my little rant just to end, end the show, guys, because I need to scratch this itch. The Parker Out stuff, where were you all when Fulham were on their little winning streak? Okay, where were you? Because I didn't hear anything about you. And then you come back with a vengeance the last two matches. If they don't win, then you come in. If they do win, I don't hear from you. Be consistent. Say Parker out even when they win. I, you know, again, I think it's ridiculous to talk about replacing Parker at this point. I've seen Savisa. I've seen out for every full manager I can remember. There's been questions on. And I think it's an easy fix to say, get rid of the manager. Instead of doing what we've been doing in this show, what I've been trying to emphasize. If you got a complaint, you can make a complaint about Scott Parker. You don't like his style, fine. But when you have a performance like this, sorry, it's on the players. The players have to look themselves, and they're the ones out there. Max brought up a good point. Yeah, of course we could talk about what was the game plan. But if, if there's no effort, if the effort's not there, it doesn't matter what the game plan is. One team outworked the other. It's simple. It's a simple game when both teams are, one is giving full effort and one is not. It's easy then. If both teams are giving effort and uh, your team is not performing to its level, then we have more questions to ask. Is it the players not performing? Is it the strategy like, like Max has been talking about? Well, then that's fair. But when there's no effort from your players and you're going to blame Scott Parker for that, sorry, I'm not buying that one. And I'm not buying Parker out. Okay. All right, guys. Yeah, Great yeah. show. Fantastic show. Max, any thoughts on that? <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. Um, and listen, just Friday, Friday Night Football, Pride Park. I'm working out for it. It's a tough place to go. Yep. Last time we went there, remember Session scored. Um, that's right. Is a 2 1. It was nervy towards the end. Great McDonald block. Uh, I, I have bad memories there. I went there away. It was Boxing Day, like 2016, 2015. Yep. When we didn't have a man. It was like that three month stretch. Oh, I remember that. Zach Simmons didn't get Slice in. It was a dark time for the club. Yep. We've come a long way since then. And let's just we realize have. Saturday was abysmal. One of the worst losses of the season. But as Giannis mentioned, we're in third place in the league. Okay. That's right. It'll be a lot worse. And what, 13 matches to go. Let's rally around the lads. And hey. We play great on Friday night. Let's get the win. That's right. And to those who think that automatically because of this, we are going to lose, I disagree with you. In fact, I have a good feeling about this match at Pride Park. And to Giannis's point, and I can't believe I'm going to give this person, I haven't mentioned this person's name on the show in a very long time, but I want to give this person credit because he would say this on the show many times. David Holly would say the table doesn't lie, Giannis. Yep. David Holly is right. Fulham or third, the table doesn't lie. So, shout out for David Holly for always saying that on Cottage Talk. He is right. The table doesn't lie. We are third. So, just keep that in mind where we are. You know, you can argue, do we deserve to be third? Max, like you said, fair argument. You, you don't think that we've been convincing all season? Bottom line is the results. Fulham or third. Okay. Great show by both of you. But we are going to wrap this up. Before we go, I just want to mention once again to please check out our friends at the Come On You Whites app. They've actually been tweeting out the show as well. You can download this app on your iPhone and also on your Android. It's a great app. I use it every single day. I highly recommend it. Okay. Great show, guys. But let's wrap this up. For my co-hosts, Max Cohen and Yashinas, I'm Russ Coleman. Thank you, as always, for listening to Cottage Talk. For Fulham fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Plan your match day with our GPS travel planner, taking you to the best pubs, restaurants and hotels home and away. Download the free COY Whites app now from the App Store and Google Play. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. 
If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.